Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons, daringly staring down the prospect of their rapidly impending entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me as always... I am Bill Scurry, the founder and senior quiz master of American Caesar Enterprises. Uh, yes. oh. the, no spectacular whatsoever. Oh, you, you forgot to tell me that you're getting into my line of business. Right? <laughs> Challenging. <laughs> I'm taking the boss on head, you know, head on. The boss. It's amazing. Like every week I hear some new trivia company I've never heard of. And you, and so, the, and you destroy uh, them. You leave them in pieces in your wake. I, I really don't. It is, though. <laughs> it is nice, though, when, like, I meet a potential client or even just someone and I tell them what I do and they're like, Wow, I didn't know a business could sustain that. And I'm like, a lot of businesses can sustain this. Yeah, but really. uh, then again, I don't. it's not like I look at these other people's books. Maybe they can't sustain it. Yeah. All right, so that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about, as always on the show, we look at something that is quote-unquote hot among the kids, among the young people, and we try to make sense of it, and we try to decide if we get it or we don't get it. And today's episode is slightly different. We're looking at someone who's been around quite some time. We had both heard of for, God, over 10 years, and the average person in the street definitely knows about this young or old alike they are of the moment and it's still worth looking at we are talking about one of the world's biggest pop music stars taylor swift tay tay uh Tay-Tay, who uh, first emerged in 2006 by the way at that time i got her mixed up with taylor dane um, yeah, okay. And that is her real name. She was born December 1989 in Reading, Pennsylvania. Taylor Allison Swift. She is the great-great-niece of writer Jonathan Swift. Wow. Yeah, that is not at all true. As a young girl, she got very interested <laughs> in music via the ways a young girl in the late 90s would get interested in music, pop music, uh, some theater. At the age of 12, a computer repairman teached her to play guitar. Her parents would uh, drag her to New York City for voice and acting lessons. And at the age 14, oh my God, this is your parents, man. They love you. The age 14, her father, who was a traitor for Merrill Lynch, got uh, transferred to Merrill Lynch's Nashville office so they could try to make a go of Taylor becoming a country music star in Nashville. And it worked. And shortly after, she was signed by Big Machine Records, uh, which is an independent label distributed by the Universal Music Group. And her 2006 uh, debut album was the longest charting album of the first decade of the 2000s in the U.S. That's part of it, too. She didn't just play guitar. She didn't just sing. But she was a song writer. Uh, one story about her is that she would sing musical songs and make up her own verses, her own lyrics when she ran out of that. So that just kind of took her off on a rocket. And here she is in 2019, uh, just uh, yesterday, as of this recording, she released her seventh album, Lover. Uh, along the way, she teamed up with some of uh, pop music's biggest producers and songwriters, guys like Jack Antonoff, Max Martin. Uh, but all the time, she has been the primary songwriter of her music. Uh, 2009 got her her first meme-alicious exposure when she won an MTV Video Music Award, and that's when Kanye West jumped up on stage to interrupt her and say how Beyonce should have won. Um, so here we are, her seventh album has come out, uh, her fourth fragrance has come out. Um, how many do you have out, by the way, No, How many fragrances uh, are you up to? How many fragrances do I have? It's really, yeah. they're uncountable, my friend. Oh, when I boy. decide to bottle and sell them... 
that's when they're really going to drag me away the to the fragrance to the tycoon, room. my friend. Fragrance tycoon. Uh, along the way, she has become, as you all know, an A-list celebrity. Um, her personal life has become the constant topic of gossip. She's dated various unoffensively handsome young celebrities, including Joe Jonas, Taylor Lautner, Harry Styles, and her most recent boyfriend, uh, British actor Joe Alwyn. Apparently the album Lover is greatly about her relationship with Alwyn. And, of course, if we're talking about her personal life, uh, she is embroiled in a feud with a high-level music uh, manager named Scooter Braun. Uh, Swift has since left Big Machine Records. She is now on, uh, what label? Republic? Something like that. It's also in the Universal Music Group. Sorry, Lovers, her first album on that. And uh, she's discovered that Big Machine was bought by Scooter Braun. And as a result, Braun now owns the master tapes of um, Taylor Swift's first several albums. And that offends Taylor to no end. I don't blame her, uh, assuming she's not lying about everything. And again, he said, she said. So she now says she's planning to re-record her first several albums so that when EG, a you know sneaker company, wants to use a Taylor Swift song in a commercial, they can come to her and not put money in Scooter Braun's pocket. So Bill and I decided, even though she's been around forever, she's still a, you know, a young and popular thing, something we've never grappled with on a personal level. So we said, hey, let's look at Taylor Swift. Let's figure out if we get Taylor Swift or not. Her new album, her fight with Braun, West Kardashian et al., uh, and the phenomenon writ large. So, Bill... What do you think of Taylor Swift? Yeah, I like Taylor Swift as an idea, as an entity, even if her music... <laughs> as a, as uh, an idea. I like Taylor Swift in the Kantian sense. Yeah. Anyway. I think there's something to her that is sort of very sweet. Her, her particular type of fairy dust works on me, as I believe it's supposed to. Um, I'm definitely not in her demo, neither of us are, but I mean, you know, we were talking before we went live on the mic about, you know, serious music critics talking about her work and, and exalting it with such lofty praise as this new album is her version of Prince's Sino the Times. Yes, that is, that is courtesy my former Rolling Stone compatriot, Rob Sheffield. There is something for everybody here if you want. Like Taylor Swift, you could sort of like go to lunch on uh, many different parts of the phenomenon. I, you know, I, when she started, she was th this long limb, sort of knock-kneed child. But she seemed to have a lot of charm. And, and she seemed also to be ready for that job. I, it was just, it's weird. What was she said 16 or 17 years old? I don't think I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to her when she was a country singer. 2006, she was 17. 17. Well, yeah, that's a point I didn't bring up is, you know, she started in the Nashville machine very much country yeah. and her music has evolved to the point where you listen now and you hear no more country influences than most other pop songs right, I mean, right? She, and she very she, is, she consciously did that yeah i mean she is the machine i mean now she is the machine yeah she's just pop music now whatever right. that entails i i think this new album she's going in a uh, to use a outdated term in a, an electronic direction you know i was i was reminded of newer people like halsey or or dua lipa yeah. or um Heim. I love Heim. But, you know, I love, I like all three of those artists more than her. But Yeah, sure, that's fine. Well, you continue, like their music continue. more. I get it. I gave a spin. Obviously, we've heard a lot of this stuff, and I mean, I thought, like, Shake It Off was really kind of cloying. I can't blame her for the fact that it, it was inside every business and artifice for a decade <laughs> yes. that you would hear Shake yes. It Off. You, 
You could uh, you could not buy a greeting card without hearing "Shake It Off" for a year and a half. Yes. <laughs> no, it's true. And bad blood was like I overheard yes, bad, bad blood. blood over and over again. We are never ever getting back together. These these songs almost became like memes uh, more than they were music. I understood the reason why it was so pervasive is because it was a mixture of our culture being in some ways a monolith as well as being balkanized. And if she was pop music, then you were going to hear her everywhere you went because she was essentially right. the, the long arm of pop music reaching into everywhere and turning stations and or streaming feeds into you know taylor swift radio but uh, that never put me against her that never made me feel like i wasn't sort of on her side that she did seem scrappy she seemed like she was fairly genuine when she picks up a guitar and plays it i obviously she doesn't really like finger the guitar uh, and play like notes like a crazy wild man i know that she definitely can strum chords uh yes. you know and and, and she's she, 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 she doesn't do eddie van halen guitar solos is that what yeah she saying? can't do a she can't play <laughs> eruption <laughs> she's no yingwei malmstein <laughs> she can't do the kirk uh, kirk hammett solos on all the here's the thing lining. do we i, I want to see her try and i i'll give her credit i bet you if she tried eruption she would do it bad. she'd do it better than me that's for sure the music music i think is obvious in that she does know how to play she knows how to write sometimes i i feel like that's a low bar to say it's like oh can the musician actually read music and write because a lot of them sort of can't a lot of them can just sing music john lennon couldn't read music james brown couldn't read music right i believe elvis costello can't read music these yeah. people are just touched in the head. I sometimes think that like music theory teachers have an inferiority complex because they realize how utterly unnecessary their their it, po uh, it can possibly be. Yeah, and don't yeah, get me wrong, like there is, yeah. there are a lot of musicians who are not John Lennon, uh, not yeah. Elvis Costello, can't read music, make a lot of music. Music is not good. They're incredibly successful in spite of that shortcoming. So I'm just saying yeah. it, it stretches over the gamut. She's been around enough that everyone has an opinion. You know, this isn't like that. Um, who, who is that name of that that guy in the makeup tutorial who was in a war with his mentor that we were talking? James J Charles. J James Charles. That required us to explain it to ourselves and then the <laughs> listenership. To so you had any idea of what we were talking about, and that was right. like an information black hole, a morass. This at least is something that we all have an opinion. So there's been a couple of instances where we talked about someone who's a vet. Yeah, and, and so Taylor Swift, every single time she puts out an album, it winds up being a sensation. At least for right now. She could cool off when she's close to 40, for all we know. I mean, I'm not saying that's what should happen. She seems like a positive, you know, a positive force. You yeah. know, I mean, all the, 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 the Instagram pictures of her at the beach with Haim, like, you know, you mentioned them. The boyfriends. It seems that she's kind of uniquely built for this merry-go-round she's on. It doesn't seem to be yeah. chewing her soul away. So, yeah. so, so long as she's in good shape, so long as she's actually probably has her hand on the wheel, then like keep it up. I, I agree. And as far as people, mega celebrities go, she seems like one of the good guys. She sued some guy for sexual harassment. Yeah. And she stood to make no money from it. And she was very public in her testimony. Uh, she stood up for a lot of good causes to stand up for other singers, people who aren't nearly as powerful as she is. At one point, she said she was like stridently apolitical, but she belie that i mean it's sad that this that it's political to stand up for lgbtq rights but sadly it is and she's been four square for that um and then since then she's i mean she encourages people to vote and to vote democratic yeah. i mean it didn't didn't help but uh in 18 there was a contentious governor and senator race in tennessee and she stood up very loudly for the democrats in both cases both of whom lost but tennessee you know i mean maybe she moved the needle five degrees that counts for something mm -hmm. um so i'm like interested to see where she lands 
in the presidential race next year. You know, the he said, she said with Kanye and all these people, she says they bully her and, uh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and that the thing about Braun buying her masters was done behind her back. They claim not. I don't know, but partly because I think Kanye West is a piece of shit, you know, I'm inclined to take her side. Uh, I have no interest in this music. You know, I think her music is very bland. In preparation for this episode, I listened to a dozen songs, some of which I'd heard a thousand times, like Shake It Off, which I kind of like. Shake It Off might be my favorite Taylor Swift song. And like the new songs, obviously, I hadn't heard. And they're all very nice and they're all well crafted. Yeah, lo- Lover, was, Lover was very pleasant sounding. Yeah, Lover was sweet. The videos, actually, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I think she's pretty bland. You know, she's an artist. Anyone's an artist, but she is not like an artiste. She seems more like a craftsperson to me. You know, she's hardworking. She's creative. But, but you know, not being artiste, that's okay for a pop star. Pop is means popular. I am not the mainstream pop audience, at least not anymore. So she doesn't have to speak to me. I got no problem with Taylor Swift, even though I am never going to, probably never going to spend a penny on any of her music, at least not for personal purposes, maybe for professional purposes. You know, I, I just, I have no interest in this music. When I read people saying that, like, Lover is her sign of the times, and, and there's a song called Cornelia Street about this little charming little block in uh, Greenwich Village that I almost bought an apartment on. It's behind IFC, uh, my favorite now. theater. There are people saying this is the best song in the album. It's wonderful. It's excellent. It just leaves me cold, but, like, who gives a shit? So even though I don't like it, I do get it. I get why people like Taylor Swift. I'm good with people liking Taylor Swift. That's fine. That's even good. Okay, let's move on to the real problems of the world. He owns the rights to the physical song. If somebody puts it out on a CD, he owns the rights to that. But because she's the publisher, recorded music versus publishing, she controls where it gets used, okay? If they want to use one of her songs in a soap commercial, right. she says, okay, that's the master that get used, gets used. Now, depending on what her contract said, and this morning she said that per her contract, as of November 2020, mm-hmm. she can re-record her old songs, okay? She records a new version of You Belong With Me mm-hmm. or something like that, okay? As the publisher, it's her right to say, okay, soap company, don't use that old version. Use this new version. No, it turned out, can you accurately assess why Tay-Tay is popular at this moment in time? I mean, not even this moment in time, but the sweep of her career. Uh, I, I think, as I hinted before, you know, her father getting transferred to Nashville. She was very strategic about it. Her family was very strategic about it. Uh, she did the hard work that was needed to do, you know, starting with country. And, and if she had stayed the Nashville girl, she wouldn't be nearly as big as she is. No. So that was smart. That was strategic. She has the combination of the good business sense adequate if not more than adequate level of talent the family and industry support i mean the industry support in some ways is a result of winning the lottery you know the metaphorical lottery she had all the ingredients maybe this is an overly rosy view but i think the fact that she seems like quote unquote one of the good ones makes her more appealing to her target audience of teenage girls who relate to her so much right you know it's it's a um, real uh, balancing act for a multi-millionaire to always seem like they're punching up right it's right a, but right. yet somehow that's what's happening here well there's a theory and maybe this is too cynical but why not that the he said she said with scooter braun you know not a put on in that she and braun have collaborated together but that she knows that by playing the victim card 
it feeds her brand. All right, that's fine. It's not the greatest crime in the world. And frankly, the narrative she's spinning is something I'm sure a lot of girls can relate to, being bullied. being bullied on the internet via social media. So yeah, that she's relatable in that sense. I also think, you know, people talk about her being a sex symbol. And while I think she's physically, you know, moderately attractive, she she has a beauty that I think is kind of regular looking. She doesn't look overly glamorous to me. She has a girl next door look. So I'm sure that's part of it. And this is like the one, I'll say this, the one thing I really don't like about her is that she seems to be a brand whore. She's done sponsorships, product endorsements for all the worst companies. I mean, not, you know, Monsanto, but like Verizon and Walmart and uh, yeah, American Target Greetings. And, yeah. and, you, know, you know, you don't get to her level without that, unfortunately. And, you know, if she's giving money to hurricane victims, then I guess it could be worse. Uh, yeah, she plays the game. She plays the game. She's talented. Yet, she's, like you said, she still seems down to earth. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree, and I I think the adjectives I have here in my little uh, my, my, my list uh, listicle is that she's she's sweet, she's gorgeous, she's tall, she's thin, she's white, she's kind of corn fed, she's talented, she's goofy, she's genuine, uh, and maybe um, you know we've definitely alluded to this. She runs a very smart social media game. That's kind yeah. of her brand has been owning Insta, and she has just she, she looks like a Zorro, you know, with a, with a rapier. Like she is just an absolute <laughs> surgical swordsman when it comes to doing this and that. That's the first place I heard the word squad goals. Like it was in relation <laughs> to Taylor Swift and, and the people who would hang out. You, you know, like when she got a summer home. Oh Jesus, I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was somewhere on Cape Cod. People were with these long telephoto lenses were taking pictures of the backyard and who's hanging out who got the invite and it was like this is maybe two three years ago like the big ticket was who got anointed in an invitation that they were able to hang out for a couple of weeks out on taylor swift's beach house and there was some like weird people like maybe ed norton or or sam rockwell or some like there was a couple of, like middle-aged guys in there in addition to the coterie of young pop stars like you know like Haim or or these other you know willowy blondes who, who all hang out with each other i mean it looks ingenious i mean as someone again who's like me who's trying to juggle a 2500 deep twitter roster of followers and trying to say that that's a thing it's very difficult. How do you get these people? How do you how do you interact mm-hmm. with them? What do you do to build your brand? I just like I really don't know. She's living a best life, a hashtagable thing. Yeah. So it looks like there's there's some you know there's some consumption in there, but it also looks like they're girls having fun, right? It's like she's selling yeah. the idea of having fun. Not only that, I mean, we haven't really talked about how it, she does her meditation and digestion of thought processes and struggles in her music. So there's been no shortage of like, for instance, Bad Blood was about some small tiff that happened between her and Katy Perry. Her songs are very narrative. Her songs are very narrative, and they're based on someone in particular. There's always an an intended, and they're they're not like the the deepest soul search. It's not like uh, Elton John's Love Lies Bleeding on the Ground. Um, but in my hand, in my hand, in my hand. Okay, in my hand. But it is still her working out small demons as much as whatever it is that plagues a multi-millionaire twenty-nine-year-old woman to be. She does work out in her songs, and so it seems like yeah. you're also getting a peek inside at the machinery. Since all her songs are either flip-off songs to guys, or they're pay-ins to female friendship, or pay-ins to you know whatever the relationship romantically that she's into. So I think the transparency also sells a lot too. It's called. Monologue song. In parentheses, la la la. I like. 
like glitter and sparkly dresses, but I'm not going to talk about that. In my monologue, I like baking and things that smell like winter, but I'm not going to talk about that. In my monologue... If you had turned 12 in 2006, instead of 12 in 1987, which is, is the truth, uh, would you like Taylor Swift more or maybe like her less? I think it's a win that I don't hate it. Uh, this is out of my cultural gamut, especially if I was that age. The um, very poppy, peppy, up-tempo, cloyingly sweet thing I don't think ever sold with me. Um, she definitely is appealing. She's attractive. I wouldn't have been into her because, uh, like I said, it's out of my cultural gamut. She's not someone whose art I would have turned my nose up and I said, I can't listen to this. And we've, like Post Malone, anything that is a flavor, in the, I don't say flavor of the month, but a flavor of the time, of the age we're listening to. There's some stuff I legit do not like. I don't like the, I don't like the salesman. I don't like the rapper. I don't like the container. I don't like the contents. All that stuff just goes right past me. I'm not having that uh, not having that reaction with her stuff. I do find it pleasant, and it is um, auditory sonic wallpaper because it's all over the place. <laughs> and it, it suffers from me having heard it too many times, and it suffers from having been overplayed. If this was just stuff that you bopped into every now and then, I think I'd have a much different opinion of we are never, ever getting back together or, or shake it off. But it just became you know, a river that was pointed at you the entire time. But I think I would have looked at her as, a, you know, as some anodyne pop figure that I probably wouldn't have um, gave much attention to. I wouldn't have scorned her. I mean, maybe in my more cynical moments, I would have found something to hate because I would have been jealous, like, oh, she's pretty and girls like that have no use for me and this music is empty and I like dark stuff. Although, you know, she's got a streak of darkness that I think the boy in me would have, like, refuse to openly acknowledge i might have grudging respect for her but i think yeah she'd just be like oral wallpaper for me in, in the mm -hmm. background i'm sure there are boys who like her i probably like her more now because i can appreciate her as a craftsperson or even as a business person in a way i would have had no appreciation for her. now if we can try to imagine what i'd be like if i were a young girl i think i'd like her very much because i think that streak of darkness would have appealed to me the sadness i mean this song lover her new song i actually think is it's you know it's a little repetitive there's like a beautiful darkness to it ooh that i think if i can imagine what i'd be like as a 12 year old girl i i imagine i would be that way but again the unanswerable question is uh, the worst. Oh, so is being away from you. Bennett, look who's here. Hi, Anna. Bennett! <laughs> is the success, and let's look at the whole span, 13 years, is the fact that Taylor Swift is now certainly one of the top five biggest artists of the last 13 years. Now, you know, almost certainly one of the easily 50 greatest, greatest, biggest, most successful musical artists of all time. Is Taylor Swift being you know, nigh on Beatles level of pop music importance, fame, success. Is that in any way a sign of the apocalypse? I don't think so. I think that if we're talking about a siloed age of balkanized culture, it's weird that this is the monolith, uh, but I guess that is what 
is required of something that is going to be so wide-spanning in our, in our balkanized silo culture is that you need to have a large buy-in from as many people as possible. So it is going to be fairly middle of the road, a big beaming uh, billboard for positivity and beauty and, and love and, you know, emotions that seem to get worked out simply. So I, I don't think it's apocalyptic at all. She does have the title of biggest pop star of our time. And we talked about this before we went live on the mics again. I brought up, or you brought up Justin Bieber. I mean, I don't know who her competition is, but let's say it was somebody like Bieber, who at one point was an enormous world beater. When that kid was like 17 or 16, he, you know, had this remarkable upside and it looked like he was being prepared to be, you know, made the heir to all of pop music. And so, and since he's turned out to be a, a, a weird feral dog, some some strange, you know, shredded pants uh, uh, castaway, where he just yeah. sort of acts like a big freak show now, where no one knows where this guy's coming from. He doesn't. He looked like he was raised inside of a, a, a sealed coconut somewhere. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where this guy's coming he, from. But it's he looks like point. no. You know what he looks like now? He looks like Billy from Stranger Things. It, it might have taken a Justin Bieber. And so if if it's between House Bieber and House uh, Swift, it's like I oh, will, totally, I will totally. uh, fly the flag. Of, I march under the fl- the flag of House Swift because again, yes. I I don't know too many other people who you would consider to be the, the, the king or queen, the, the regis, or the empress, or the emperor of pop. You don't have that many options. And so it seems like yeah. she's, a, she's a good one right now. And, you know, but again, yeah. you, don't, you don't vote for that. They get, they get coordinated by the, by the pope. So it's like it's out of our hands regardless. We well, you, you do vote for it in a way. I mean, you know, you download her songs. I'll give, a, uh, I think, a slightly more apt comparison than Justin Bieber is Britney Spears. Um, I probably mentioned on the show before, I really don't like Britney Spears. And it always puzzles me that I know a lot of very intelligent women who love her. And they go to her concerts and all that. And I just find her to just seem, she, she seems devoid of star power to me. She, you know, fine, she can dance, she can perform, all that. But, like, she just seems, like, really empty-headed to me. Bieber seems that way, too. But I think Britney is the more apt comparison because, I mean, she's been around 20 years. I mean, is she really? Wow, she's, like, almost 40, Britney Spears. Can yeah, you believe I know. As well, um, right? just she just everything about her seems empty and calculated. Taylor Swift seems a little more real to me, and the fact that she's gotten away with getting to that level, and that she writes her music and she doesn't use auto tune stuff like that. Like I don't know if I'm gonna get very paternalistic and say what's good for the women of America and the young girls of America. Who's Da-da. a better role model? I feel a lot better about giving giving the women who are all under my care. I feel a lot better about Taylor Swift than Britney Spears. Why that? Keep your damn mouth shut. Or the only trap you have to worry about is the trap that they set for you in the laundry room. And you'll be wondering how do you solve a problem like gonorrhea. Only song you'll be singing is this one. Doe, John Doe, the name they'll give your corpse. Rape, a thing that's done to you. Me, why me? I want my mom. Far inside you, they will go. <laughs> so, a needle pulling thread, yo. Why? Two sticks back up your butt. No, no, absolutely not. Come on. Noah, is there any bit of envy uh, in the relationship, between, the close, tight relationship between you and your ex-girlfriend, uh, Taylor Swift? Uh, sure. I mean, I wish I were as talented as she is. I wish I were as business savvy as she is. I wish, you know, I were as hardworking as she is. Uh, you know, I, I don't wish that 
every detail of my private life were stupidly obsessed over by a media <laughs> that has too much time on its hands. I wish I had, you know, what I'm sure are some very powerful stress management skills if she can handle this. Like, as you said, she seems to be handling fame pretty well. You know, I wish I had those skills. I mean, Taylor Swift is, you know, as much as I don't give a shit about her music, she is an exceptional person. It would seem to be. We could be wrong. Uh, and I wouldn't mind having $360 million. That might be a, that might be a minor convenience in my life. That would get you over um, in the morning, sure. Yeah, it would make me worry a little less about shipping myself a, a framed picture I had in storage that ended up costing me $120, sure. I'm jealous in the way everyone's jealous. of. Pe- you know, one of, the, one of the bitter lessons I've learned as an adult is that I am mediocre, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all raised to think we're so special and we're so great. I learned that when I was a small child. My right, friend. see, I, I, I didn't. I thought, here's the thing. Like, in college, I thought I was above average uh, by my late 20s, I had that crap beaten out of me. I thought I sucked. By my mid-30s, I'm like, yeah, I'm about it. I'm, I'm slightly above average. And I think I, I've happily settled into mediocre. Although the plus side is I've realized that more people than I thought are well below average. So I guess beating mediocre makes you... I, I know, these terms are contradicting themselves. But by being average, I am above average, if that makes sense. Mediocre is above <laughs> average. How about that? So yes. I wish I weren't mediocre. I mean, whatever. I'd love to be, you know, one of the greatest of all, not greatest of all time, but I'd love to be a wild success. But whatever. Yeah. Instead, I'm a very, very humble success. I would dare you to not be envious of anybody who's got the world on a string. You know, there, there isn't anything in her portfolio that makes me feel like, oh, Jesus, I wouldn't trade. You know, it's a mix. It's a curse and a blessing. No, I think I, I could easily trade up to... Uh, to Taylor Swift because it looks, it looks like just about everything she does, if she can in fact take on the bull by the horns with Scooter Braun or, or Kanye West and win in the court of public opinion to some degree, you know, that's that's a lot of power. It's a lot of sway. It means she's doing something right. It means that these, these things are working out in her favor. And she's got a pile of money. And, you know, no matter what yes. the music is, however mixed or whatever, the, the opinion usually over, you know, overwhelmingly positive. And so she doesn't seem to, she, I don't think she's sort of failed yet. She hasn't stumbled. She, she, yeah, it was some minor thing. She did some performance with Stevie Nicks at some award ceremony that everyone shat all over. But, I, I you know, I don't know why. And no one's talking whatever. about it now. Right. Every artist has, you know, their are off nights. I mean, dear God, like the Beatles released a shitty movie, you know, so there you go. I think there's definitely envy just because it, it is the picture of someone who's functioning at such a higher level uh, of everything. It, it looks like she wears better clothes and eats better food and drives better cars and breathes sweeter air and lives in a bigger house and does everything larger and is around beautiful people. How's, how's that not supposed to make you somehow feel like you're, you're a little insufficient? Ironically, all of the social media stuff, the best life, all that stuff, kind of just, you know, I, I, it could very well drive envy, it's like as it does. I'm describing the phenomenon where you're bragging a little bit. It seems like, look how right. great my life is. And some right, people can exactly. say that, oh, that's aspirational. But somebody like me would say, huh, that's, that's really nice for you. I'm so glad this nice, these nice things are happening for you. Clap, clap, clap. That's part of the problem. That's part of the toxic masculinity and the envy and the depression is all that. Yeah, sure. Is social, social media has accelerated a process to start up a TV. You look around you and you see everyone's living the good life and I'm not. Everyone has it better than me and I'm not. And that feeds anger. So that, I think that brings us to our final segment, the Jimmy yes. Fallon, the Fallonian yes. scale, yes. The, the apex, the spectrum of all things good to shit with Jimmy Fallon equaling shit and good stuff being on the other end. And uh, Noah, I will um, I'll take the lead on this one because uh, I have okay. a pretty good I, – I, I, I was combing our back, back episodes – 
I would say that Taylor Swift reminds me um, of Cardi B a little bit because you have someone really? who who is doing her own thing. She's running social media. She's got a big personality. Um, Cardi B hasn't been around nearly as long, but it looks like you're seeing the real deal. Also, it's a likable kind of story. I think you're pulling for Cardi. I think you're pulling for for Taylor. Uh, and it, you know, it looks like they're doing exactly what they want to do. And so that's why I think of them on the same. And, and she rated pretty high. If that's if I'm if I'm not being obvious about it. Cardi B was very charming. Uh, I liked her a lot. I'd put her towards the high end of the spectrum. And so I think, you know, I'll give Taylor Swift the benefit of the doubt there, too. You know, this is one of those that I feel like we need two different scales of. There's a scale of how glad am I that the kids like this? How glad am I that this is a success? And in that scale, she's very high because she's such a success and I don't see a lot to criticize. But then there's a scale of how much do I personally enjoy this? And on that level, she's... You know, I mean, most of what we talk about, I have no use for. So on that level, she might be in the middle, even though I'm never going to spend a penny on it, probably. So, yeah. So I guess if you're somehow able to blend them into one scale, she's like, you know, above average, but not at the top. You know, the thing uh, is, this show isn't about finding lifelong things. This this show is about just like putting your hand not in a small... About not hating the world as it is. That's exactly. It. It's You, you put yeah. your hand in a, in a fast-moving brook and you pull out a single pebble that is smooth and pretty you put in your pocket you say huh that's nice and that's what this is you're not finding you know you're not going to devote your life to becoming a what's the tailor is there a tailor what are they called the people who are like diehards are they swifties 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 i knew you were going to do that swifties (laughs) uh the swifties are the loyal fan base behind her and they can be considered a social group from dig it magazine the story of the swifties fandom that's okay. It's better than believers, which is a terrible, terrible word. So if you would like to find past episodes of our show at the terminus of this episode, look to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Let's never forget about Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com and give us a goddamn review. We talked about Twitter. I'm doing my, my squad goals hashtag best life thing on Twitter at William Scurry. And my video content is on YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. And Noah Tarno, what about you, buddy? Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, on Twitter and Instagram, at bigquizthing. And hey, our main thing is corporate and private trivia events, coast to coast. But this fall, we are re-entering slightly the public trivia game show game, as it were. We have a residency coming up at QED, a fantastic venue in Queens, New York. Uh, That starts early October. And then in San Francisco, we are coming to the new hotly awaited Salesforce Park, Elevated Outdoor Park, where we've got a residency there as well, some outdoor quiz events. Those are free to attend, by the way. And those start in mid-October and mostly will be hosted by yours truly. So learn more at BigQuizThing.com and our Facebook page as well. Well, until Scooter Braun buys our entire back catalog and somehow weaponizes it against us, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.